Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Thursday and I'm here with Sarah Haynes. This is Behind the Table. All right, it is Thursday. We're we're getting through this week. It's moving fast, and I am here with Sarah Haynes. Um, how are you, Sarah? I'm great, but I do want to start the podcast just clearing something up. Okay, here we go. So I tease you all the time that you don't really want me on this podcast. Yes, which is ridiculous. I Your adore eye twitches you. when you say that, but mm-hmm. I did hear that today you tried to get the actors from the Marvel movie to come do the podcast, which would have been literally kicking me off the podcast. Yeah, that came up. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Listen, I'm a, wow, I'm, I'm confirmed. A, I'm a huge Marvel's Marvel Universe fan. I'm a huge Marvel nerd, and I I think these ladies are terrific. And I was kind of excited to riff with them about what's going on in like superhero world. Is and, it true you had to be reminded by a producer that it was Sarah Haynes's? Day and yeah. that you'd literally be kicking me off without warning. I think the producer thought they were reminding me of that, but in fact, I knew it the whole time. Okay. So yeah. one, I can see that I'd much rather you sit with Marvel actors, but I just need you to at least say you see the problem here, I, I, optically I see, speaking. I, there's not another host that I would have not done this for. Maybe Whoopi. The rest of you, I think, and Joy, and probably Anna, but uh, and Sonny, I guess, okay, it's just you. But Alyssa, yeah, just you. All right. Well, because I think, listen. Just tell me I'm right and we can move on. I think you're great on the podcast and I love having you, as does the can audience. Can you not read the canned lines? It says here. <laughs> no, I think that. I um, love having you on the podcast. You are such a contributing member of this show. You're Next an important question. person to have here. You're one of the best ones. No, oh, I think it's, listen, I was excited. I got really, I, I kind of geeked out Marvel. about the, the Marvel stars. They were amazing too, though. So yeah, they're both fantastic. Iman is kind of like. Uh, you know, nerdy girl done good. She actually is someone like me who loved this stuff so much. And yeah. then she actually became a superhero. So cool. That's unbelievable. That's wish fulfillment. That's visualization. That's everything you would want. Also, we didn't get to talk about this on the show. You are in the MCU. I am, but I almost feel like undeservedly so. Agreed. After <laughs> Too fast, Brian, Sorry. on the response. No, but Ima, as you listen to her, you I told her, I said, you deserve everything. Her gratitude shines out her eyes. Yeah. And her excitement and There's the no, fact that nothing she, jaded about no. her. It's, she yeah. even's like, I don't really have a plan. I just want to meet cool people. Like she has such a pure heart and yeah. a love for the comic books, the institution that is this right. Marvel Union. And for her to get a part of it feels like the most perfect story that n- no one wrote. That has been written. <laughs> so you and I have this in common. So you you are in an MCU. You're in, yeah. you're in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which yep. is one of the first uh, MCU TV series they did. And you're Sarah Haynes. Yeah. I'm good. They got really creative yeah. and they just called me no, Sarah Haynes. That's better. You're you really? there. Yeah. Because at any time you could be like hit by gamma radiation and become like Sarah Haynes Hulk. Or See, you I, could, did, I yeah, was scared I mean, of the gamma radiation as I shot on that field in Atlanta. I did think, oh yeah. my gosh, what could happen here? Now, I'm uh, in a comic book. I mentioned I'm name-checked in a Ms. Marvel number one comic book from a long Why? time ago. 
I was touring Marvel. I was working at David Letterman. I was touring the Marvel comic building. And that that day, they happened to be writing a comic book where you're they, kidding me. This is I, a this true is story. A real story where Carol Danvers, Ms. Mar- Captain yeah. Marvel, wants to get on a talk show, and she's meeting with her agent, oh. and the agent says, "Well, I could call whoever it is." And then I was there, and they said, "Hey, do you mind if we just use your name since you're the person do they would mind? call?" You probably are still giving them it's your right arm in my and children. Right yeah. Now. Oh and my and it's, gosh. It's, so it says, "Do you mind? If, you know, if I call Brian Teta at David Letterman's office, oh, Brian. so I also exist in the Marvel universe. I could be bitten by a radioactive spider, and I could be like a." Spider-Man, and you could be I a, love that a, for a, you. A Sarah Hulk, and we can hang out. You are the cutest about these comics, and like I don't understand them, so to yeah. know that you are named, I didn't know this. Yeah, our audience also probably doesn't care that much about it, but we'll move on, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, while we had this amazing... Uh, oh, okay, speaking of feeling slighted, did you get a lasagna from Joy? No, but I don't feel slighted. What I feel like is the the year I finally get one, if mm-hmm. that day comes, I'll just feel honored she wanted to do that. Because yes. she and Whoopi have a really special friendship and relationship. Agreed. And let us not forget, this is Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> um, so I don't pretend to be in that ether on any level. And they have such a history together that the fact that she does, it's really actually endearing to watch. Yeah, the fact she even brings the little holder for it and yeah. they return it the next day. It's very cute. It's very cute. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, so all week long, we've been talking to the hosts. Uh, we got audience questions yeah. because like, you know, sometimes if I have someone, cause on your the dad show, had a question. No, if I have like you on and I'm like, what am I going to talk to Sarah about today? I, I go and we I struggle so much for words exactly. and questions. I asked the audience for ideas and we did it earlier this week. And there was a question for Sonny, which I thought was great. And I asked it to Sonny. And the question was, if you are on trial for murder, Sonny being the lawyer, not able to defend herself. Which of your co-hosts would you want to defend you in the trial? Wait, Sonny can't defend me? No. Well, so I think it's too easy for Sonny to defend Yeah, it you. is. It is. Okay, so let's knock Sonny out. Uh... <laughs> A lot of dead air right now. Anna. Anna Navarro. Explain why. Um, because she is feisty on her feet. That mm-hmm. woman definitely won debate challenges her whole life. Sometimes there's something that we've never spoken about and she goes into it and I think you could flip sides on her like a lawyer and say, okay, argue against it. And she can just on the fly convince you she knew what she was going to say. Uh, so yeah. I'm not never... saying she could fool a jury or a judge, but she could, she fools me. So. I've never won an argument against Anna Navarro. Yeah, so she's I think very, she's a very that. good, she's very argumentative. And I mean that in a really lovely Soft yeah. way. Interestingly, so I've asked three of you now. So uh, Sunny chose Joy. Okay. Which I, I could get that too. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Joy chose, well, she went for Star Jones. I said that didn't count because you couldn't pick a lawyer. Oh, my God. I was like opening up the history of hosts. Yeah. I might. Yeah. I don't think I'd change my answer, actually. She said nobody. Oh, that's better. That makes me feel <laughs> just I, like yeah. I do on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> when I told her that she could not pick Star Jones, she, she said, said nobody. nobody. Nobody at the table. I went with Whoopi because I feel like facts be damned. People just listen to Whoopi well, she, and get stars she in She would eyes deliver and... the like, you can't handle the truth speech in the yeah. courtroom, which is amazing. All right. Well, we're going to continue this on. Okay. Um, all right. So we talked about the Marvels before. We had Tiana Paris here and we talked about the first year of motherhood. Yes. And she was honest about it being tough. This is something that you've talked about yeah. in your experiences, too. Um what did you how did you relate to what she was saying? Well, I just I pulled her aside when she was done because we didn't get to talk a lot about it. But, you know, everyone says the first three months are like a boot camp. But I would argue the first couple of years are so transformative that reminding moms, maybe dads, I can't I don't know how much the men struggle with this, but the moms 
like your your life is flipped on its head and you're waiting for a new normal and it doesn't come very quickly. And I reminded her, just so you know, you're still not to a, in my, my experience, you're not even to a normal place yet. So if you still struggle with that, just know after a couple years, it settles down. And then she started to talk about, I gave up on it settling down. And I said, my oldest is seven, my youngest is four. And I now don't remember not having kids, which is such a good thing for me because now this is normal and it does feel more manageable. It's crazy and chaotic. And I think that's what you're getting used to. My wife and I talk about it all the time. It just changes. Everything gets measured in before kids and after yeah. kids. And it's very hard to remember what our, we were married for seven years without yeah, kids. That's a long time. It is. And we got married young and it's interesting to to go back and try to remember what our day to day was like. We can't know them. what we did. We're right. like, what did we do with a whole Saturday? We could not have been drinking the whole day. Yeah, I woke up like, at 11. It was so good. I never slept in. So we didn't have that. But I just don't remember what we did. I think we ate a lot. Yeah. I definitely did that. That explains why I looked that way, but. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Woodward and Bernstein. Pen and paper. Wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right. Another thing we did this week, we did one of our digital segments. And if you don't know, these are worth checking out on our. our oh, uh, I love the digital segments. segments. Yeah. Kind of one on one interviews that are really interesting that we sometimes just don't have time for on the show. I was just going to say it's impossible to fit everything in. Yeah. And uh, you talked about having uh, well about imposter syndrome this week in a segment with the co-founder of Drybar, Ali Webb. Um, talk about how has it ever affected you? Oh, my gosh. Yes. In fact, I feel like. The only person I've ever heard that's never suffered imposter syndrome, and she t- said this openly, is Sunny Hostin. Mm-hmm. I feel that I need to know other people suffer from this, or maybe I am the imposter. Because I run around and feel that way as a mom. I felt that professionally a, a gazillion times because I came up non-traditionally. So I was always sitting next to amazing journalists and news people that I went from watching them on the TV to like running a script up to them and thinking, why am I even in this world? Like, like this is so big. And then as I went on air, I thought I kept reminding people, they'd be like, you're a journalist. Tell us about it. I'm like, they're a real badass journalist that I have worked next to and felt honored to be in their presence. I am a storyteller. I'm an entertainer. I'm a, a personality. I'm a lot of things, but that term is so sacred to me and knowing the importance of news that I think I feel it the most when I was in news divisions doing that kind of thing. But the TV landscape had changed. So it wasn't that I was squeezing in. It was that it was broadening itself. And so I guess I just, I feel it so often and there are low points in a week where I feel it and you stop and you have to like kind of pump yourself up. But when you hear of an Ali Webb who's led such a successful life and is still only 40 something she has a lot of life in front of her i the the benefit of people sharing is you don't feel alone in that journey whether it's tiana and being a mom and i'm right. me saying don't worry you're not alone so many of us feel this or ali webb looking at me saying i feel imposter syndrome you're not alone like we all need to know we're not alone i think it's incredibly common i think uh sunny is an exception to the rule and and god bless her and i wish i had that kind of confidence i literally looked yeah. at her when she said it and i was like what does that feel like <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, another uh, a sunny related topic is, you know, yesterday we talked about this topic of women wanting their ugly time. Now, Sunny has famously said that she, for a long time, put makeup on before yeah, bed. And yeah. she's moved on. She stopped doing that about five years ago. Do you relate to this topic at no, all? No, I do not. I barely <laughs> put makeup on to go out, let alone go to bed. Right. Um, I, I just, you know what it is, is it's, I don't feel I can live up to the standards of everyone around me and never have. The girls from high school in Iowa... But I didn't feel as cute as the other girls. So to try and not nail it Mm -hmm. felt inadequate to me. So I'd rather just not try. And so I've spent my time going place to place just not trying. At Smith, I fit right in. (laughs) I mean... I mean, the larger conversation in it is the are there parts of yourself that you are afraid to show your partner? I think is part of it, too. Like, so, yeah, I'm very like prudish when it comes to I don't like clip my nails and do like the bathroom door is always closed. Right. Like I'm a little old school with the things that I have always thought were private. 
And the only people that have ever burst that wall open were my chihuahuas and my kids. Yeah. But my Max, no way. Like, I don't want to be like what I think is gross or do things in front of him that are gross. Right. So there's still walls up of some kind. If that's ugly, then yeah, we, but I, I don't show it ever. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think he knows I go to the bathroom. Like I just am like, that stuff is very private. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my appearance, he barely recognizes me f- when he sees me on from work. Like yeah. Just... That's why you said he liked you to wear your makeup home and you did after Halloween. Yeah. I said, I go, babe, <laughs> you've been asking for a while. All right. So looking at um, other things we talked about on the show this week. Okay. Ariana DeBose was here the other day. Yeah. And she talked about getting backlash for expressing ambition. Um, now you started behind the camera. You weren't, uh, but you always deep down had interest in being in front of the camera. Yeah. Just a different camera. You know, I wanted to do comedy and things. and But yeah, I did. And she was talking about whether ambition has always been viewed a little more negatively that for women. That was my question, right. Yeah. So um, I think it's interesting because her exact example was about mm-hmm. having been in a, a um, an ensemble and wanting to give herself a shot at a more lead role, which is not necessarily shading the appreciation for having been in the ensemble. I think the problem is there are a lot of people that like to hate on someone that takes a risk and it works out. Okay. Because deep down, if they're being honest with themselves, it's not Ariana DeBose that was the problem. It was their own fear. And they love focusing on that. And so I don't, I think, so this is not comparable to Ariana DeBose at all. She's phenomenal. But when I was at NBC versus leaving to ABC, there was a pivotal moment where NBC pretty much said, we love you. We love mm-hmm. what you're doing. And we want you to continue to do what you're doing. And I had dreams of being on The View, like being a host. And I wanted to go do that. ABC was not offering me that. But they also weren't telling me no, which NBC had said. And I remember thinking I could fail. I could go down in flames miserably because I'm about to be a news correspondent. Remember the imposter syndrome conversation. And we'll see how this goes. But I would rather have gone down in flames having not accepted that no, but have tried Mm -hmm. than not to have tried at all. So it's happy because I'm sitting here and all these things came true later down in the journey. But the the part that was rough was they told me exactly who I was going to be in metaphorically, I was going to be an ensemble girl and I wanted to try for a more leading role. So that really spoke to you. Oh, absolutely. And it made me applaud her because when people make it about the ensemble and, oh, you're shading them, it's how many of us stop ourselves from answering ourselves, giving ourselves a chance to go for it. It's hard. It's scary. It's incredibly hard. And uh, it is unfairly cast upon women, I think, in a lot of ways. But I'm I'm glad you were ambitious. All right. So now this is something that I've been, been... going around in my head for a long time. Okay. And this is what I call the Mount Rushmore problem. And I want your thoughts on this. So like, this is, I think this comes from sports. Like I'm a big sports fan. And when we talk about my friends, I talk about like, who's the Mount Rushmore for the the New York Yankees? Is it, you know, Derek Jeter, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth. And, uh, you know, there's only four spots and there's so many great players. So the question I have for you, and this might burst the internet open. I, I'm curious what they think. Of The View? Who is the Mount Rushmore of The View? There are only four spots on Barbara the Walters. Correct. Whoopi Goldberg. Correct. Uh, Joy Behar and Meredith Vieira, period. Done. Okay, so now here's the thing. I think three of those are 100% locks. I think it's Barbara, Barbara Walters, Walters, Joy Behar, and Whoopi Goldberg for certain. Meredith Vieira. The fourth the fourth Meredith head on Mount Rushmore is very debatable. Nope. Ma- people Meredith have a Fiera. lot of different feelings about it. It's this. absolutely Meredith Fear. I've been talking to a lot of I people. I bet you think it's Elizabeth Hasselback or someone. It could, it, in no, fact, it, be Elizabeth it Hasselbeck. It cannot. It will be Meredith Fear. It could, in fact, be Rosie O'Donnell. Like I said, 
She was here for one minute. And when it looks at the impact of what the the table was meant to be. But in the zeitgeist, in the world, when you think of the view and you have 100 people on the street, name four people that were on the view. If it's a family feud question, who are the four they come up with? See, I'm not a sugar person. I'm a vegetables person. I want to know the heart of what this table was meant to be and Mm -hmm. who impacted it the most. Okay. If you're going from the a purist, an authentic person who believes in the platform, those are your only four options. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to say like when you think like Saturday Night Live parodies, Star Jones, I'm, I'm a lawyer. Star Jones, very impactful at the table. They're caricatures. Comedy is caricatures. Mm-hmm. They are infl- inflating either polarizing people that they can mock mm-hmm. or caricatures of people. When you're looking for the authentic purpose of Barbara Walters' table, mm-hmm. those are the four people. Joy is legendary. She's been here the longest. Barbara Walters was the one who created it. Whoopi Goldberg is friggin' Whoopi Goldberg. Right. Meredith Vieira literally rose her star at becoming this moderator that mm-hmm. shared her news personality with just how much more there was to her as a human. She became this fascinating presence. I think she's – and she also always stuck to the idea of keeping a conversation going. I'm not going to argue with you because I also know for a fact Meredith listens to this podcast. Oh. But she's – Well, she also knows what kind of fan I am. Yes. Uh, but the <laughs> argument against Meredith, in my opinion, is Meredith then is probably better known for the Today Show. But I don't care. You, you're not asking them, do you know her better for the Today Show or The View? You just said, what is the Mount Rushmore of The View? Okay. And anyone who has started watching the show in 97 when it launched, thank you, definitely would give you Meredith Vieira. All right. Well, listen, I'm expecting to hear from fans on I this. Love I love I want to hear their four. Um, but I think it's very interesting. Before we go, Thanksgiving is next week. Tell us what Thanksgiving is usually like at the Haynes Schifrin House. So usually it's not at the Haynes Schifrin House. Uh, hol- uh, Thanksgiving is Max's holiday. So oh. Christmas is a Haynes holiday. Thanksgiving is Max's holiday. So we normally go to my brother-in-law's house and they have the most... I don't. I like to be a guest, not a host of Thanksgiving. Sure. Too much anxiety involved there. So we go, and my mother-in-law comes, and uh, my sister-in-law's parents come, and it's so pure. It's a lot of, a lot of cooking, a lot of political talk, which I don't involve myself with. My husband, his brother, my mother-in-law, they all get into these conversations, and Eliza, my amazing sister-in-law, and I cower in the corner drinking wine, laughing about why do we always have to end up here? <laughs> but Max's grandma, who's ninety-seven plays piano from memory and we have videos of her she only speaks russian and it's like the kids come around it's it's very beautiful and it's about what it's supposed to we all go around the table talk about what we're grateful for too much wine a lot of food that sounds pretty perfect it's it really is it's a lovely that we're doing something different this year which i'll talk about eventually but i was a little torn on do we give up that moment and max reminded me he's like it's one year like let's just all right. Do it. All right. Well, I'm excited to tell people about that. I later. love teasing on this podcast in hopes of you inviting me back. You are invited back every week. There's no one who's more fun to sit next to than you. And uh, hopefully you didn't listen to yesterday's show when I said joy was my favorite. Thank you for joining me today, Sarah. Tomorrow, I'm back with Anna Navarro. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, if you're listening at home, please keep those uh, reviews coming. I'm really enjoying reading them. I love you, Meredith and Brian's dad. Both of you. You're such a huge audience. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.